Welcome to the New England Football Journal podcast. I'm John Serenitas, and joining me is co-owner, editor, and writer, Kevin Stone. Kevin, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? It's about time. Doing all right. It's about time. We finally got this going. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, So, we got a lot to talk about tonight, my friend. Uh, Of course, the NFL draft is tomorrow night. It is finally here after four months of (laughs) all-star games and the combine and pro. Oh, wait, we didn't have pro days. No, uh, we did not. have plenty of speculation. Yes. Uh, the, the draft is upon us tomorrow night. It starts tomorrow night. Of course, it goes through the entire weekend. We're going to talk plenty about the draft. But the first thing I want to get into is Rob Gronkowski. Of course, Rob Gronkowski yesterday announced that he's coming out of retirement. And he requested a trade to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Patriots ultimately traded Gronkowski in a seventh-round pick to Tampa for a fourth-round pick. So I ask you, Kevin Stone, yes. what are your thoughts on on Gronkowski coming back in this trade? Awful. Um, not from a Patriot standpoint. Uh, I look at it more from a Gronkowski standpoint. Uh, what a fraud! Uh, that whole thing during the CBD uh, press conference that he had—he uh, physically and mentally broke down. And made a lot of people believe that uh, this game really messed him up. And apparently that was not the case. Uh, I could not be more embarrassed to have once been a Rob Gronkowski fan. Um, I think I talked to you about this earlier today. His legacy should take a hit uh, here. I just don't think it will. Um, and part of that is because I think he's smart enough to attach himself to Brady. So... Brady will always be loved here. Uh, I think Belichick will always take the blame for, for what happened. So as long as he's side-by-side side with Brady, I don't think anyone is ever going to look at him in a negative light. I think you make a great point, Kevin. I, I think his legacy is going to take a hit in the short term, i.e. right mm-hmm. now. But yeah. I think you're right. I think long term, he's going to be fine. I mean, you know how forgiving fans can be. The first time after he retires that he comes back here, for a ceremony honoring a team or for some reason. Mm-hmm. People are going to go nuts when they see him. Yep. So I, I agree. I think long-term his legacy is intact. And I think you make a great point about him attaching himself to Brady because we know what Tom Brady means to this region. We know yep. that his legacy is cemented here no matter what happens in Tampa Bay. People have accepted that he's gone. It still mm-hmm. bothers them, but his yep. legacy will never be tarnished. But I think it is smart on Gronkowski's part to attach himself to Brady. That being said, look, I I agree with you. I think he is a fraud, and I think he's a fraud for a bunch of reasons. First mm-hmm. of all, I will say this. I think his shtick got old to me. I, I got tired yep. of Rob Gronkowski off the field. I had no problem with the ho-ho, you're so fiesta when he's yeah, yep. 22, 23 years old. I had no issue with his shtick then. Of but, course. dude, when you're 29, 30 years old and you're still acting this way, and you're still doing all these things off the field to try to get attention, enough. Mm-hmm. Go away. I'd had enough of him. I'm not surprised he's back. He screwed the Patriots over. I don't think he wanted to be here two yep. years ago. If you remember, he didn't show up to OTAs. Mm-hmm. He had that whole press conference, the, the racing press conference, and he made yep. a mockery out of that. I don't think the guy wanted to be here. And I think a lot of it had built up because of his contract situation and whatnot. But to sit there and to say, that football did all this physical damage to you. Right. And now all of a sudden, voila, you feel good after a year out. <laughs> and now you want to play again. It stinks to me. The whole thing stinks to me. I don't think he wanted to be here. That's why I think he walked away last year. 
And now that he saw that Tom Brady was somewhere else, mm-hmm. it opened the door for him to go with him and put the Patriots in the rearview mirror. Let me ask you this. A lot of fans have said that they don't feel that the Patriots got enough in this deal. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? So I think they did. Um, maybe not enough, but they did the best they could do at this point, uh, at least I think. Now, if I'm a big fan of Spike. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, I would have liked to have seen a Belichick. lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have liked to have seen Belichick maybe let him sit and kind of just do a little bit in retirement. Uh, you don't want to play here too bad. But on the flip side of that, I understand that, you know, you need to get something for dead weight. So, you know, fourth rounder, it is what it is, I think. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have traded him. I would let him sit there and and and, and stew and be retired and, and give him – I wouldn't give him what he wants. He was yeah. all hot and bothered about it. And, and look, I understand that. But, look, we all, we all agree. At the end of the day, it's a business. Mm-hmm. And I think Bill Belichick looked at this objectively and said, the guy isn't going to play for us this year. He's on the retirement list. He's not affecting our cap. He – He's not in our plans. I could get something for him. I might as well move him and right. get something for him. And, and there was no other team involved here. He was only going to come back to play with Brady in Tampa. So it's not like the Patriots had another team that they can leverage Tampa against. They didn't. They had to take what Tampa was offering. I think a fourth-round pick at this point for Rob Gronkowski is a pretty good return, even though you had to attach the seventh-rounder with him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pleased from a Patriots standpoint because you weren't going to get anything for him. And let's say Tom Brady, let, let's say Tom Brady goes to Tampa, but Gronk doesn't want to play anymore. Well, you wouldn't have that second, fourth rounder. So, right, I'm okay with it. Speaking of the draft, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Should the New England Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round tomorrow night? Uh, no, first round, no. Um, you took Stidham for a reason. Uh, whether he has, you know, what it takes or not, give him a chance and let's find out. Um, defense. What if? What, what if? Now, let me cut you off for a sec. What if Herbert yep. or Tua slips, and let's say they're sitting there in the in the ten to fifteen range? Remember, San Francisco has put a for sale sign on picks thirteen and thirty one. They're willing mm-hmm. to to listen to offers because they want to pick up some picks in the middle rounds. Let's say that either Herbert or Tua are sitting there at twelve. Do you mm-hmm. call San Francisco and see if you can move up 10 spots and possibly take one of them? They, supposedly, they really like Justin Herbert. You wouldn't consider doing that if you're Bill Belichick? So I was just going to say, Herbert, yes, uh, two and no. The injury thing with Tua just scares the hell out of me. Um, that's a terrible injury. I know he's a young kid, and you know he has plenty of time to recover and all that, but um, look, man, if you need to start, if you need to hit the reset button on your franchise, I'm not taking the guy with the busted hip. Uh, at least not that early, put it that way. Um, give me Herbert there, sure. Uh, but overall, I'd, I'd rather go defense there. Well, and I agree with you. I think, again, unless Justin Herbert is sitting there at 12 or 13 and you can make a deal with the San Francisco to move up and get him, I would stand pat and go defense because they have multiple needs. And the, and the quarterback need, the perceived need, mm-hmm. I should say, is going to overshadow and trump a lot of the other needs that they have. But when you look at this draft, it's a really good draft on the defensive side of the ball on the edges, particularly an outside linebacker and safety. So if you stand pat at 23, you could potentially get a Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. 
mm-hmm. who was a three-year starter and I think would step in and play for you right away as your Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. You can get possibly a Xavier McKinney to come in, a three-level safety who could replace a Deron Harmon, but gives you more on the back end in terms of coverage skills and range. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some talent there at 23, mm-hmm. particularly in the defensive side of the ball. That if they stand pat, they're going to be okay. Right. If they like Justin Herbert as much as people are speculating they do, if for whatever reason he falls and he's sitting there in the middle of the first round, mm-hmm. I'm all in right. on trading up to get him. I'm not all in to trade up to get him, however, if it's going to cost me my first next year. Because this team, the way it looks right now, could conceivably be a 6-10, and 7-9, 8-8 and eight and eight team next year. It's and not- if they are that, right, are you going to want to give up a potential top 15 pick next year? I don't think so. Well, I was, so, I was unless you're really – Unless you're really convicted about Justin Herbert, I don't see the reason to make that move. I agree with you. Stand pat and take a defensive player. Well, it's funny. You say six and ten, you know, seven and nine. I could see him being worse. Um, again, I, I'm high on the offensive weapons. Um, I think Harry and Myers could work out. Um, so, again, offensively, I don't think the needs are there, you know, as much as people think. But um, the one thing I would love to see, um, and I, I don't think it's ever happened in my lifetime, is them hopping up, you know, top five, top ten, and grabbing that kid from Clemson, uh, the linebacker. His name is oh, escaping- Isaiah Simmons. Yes, thank you. His name is escaping me. Um, you know, something like that, just for entertainment purposes, would be incredible. Um, I just don't. Well, think- he's only done it once in his twenty-year tenure here, and that's when he jumped up to get Gerard Mayo in 08 at ten. Mayo, that's right. Um, so again, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but that's you know, entertainment value-wise, you know, that'd be a hell of a night, but. Uh, in terms of offensive defense, that first that first round, give me defense all day. Yeah, and again, I think look, it makes sense, and I don't, and I wouldn't be opposed to them trading down if they mm. either stayed in the bottom of the first round or were picking at the very top of the second round. Again, I think this draft is so deep on the defensive side of the ball at linebacker and safety and corner that I think you can get some really good value anywhere from 23 to 35. So I don't think it'll be that big of a drop-off. Mm-hmm. But you, here's the other thing. How many picks are you going to accumulate, though? So if, let's say, hypothetically, he does decide to to trade down, and he's done it in the past. I mean, they've had several drafts where they haven't had a first-rounder. Yep. How many more picks can you possibly accumulate at this point? You've got 13 now. Right. What's that really going to give you? So I, my feeling is they're going to stand pat in 23 and take a player. Uh, quick question for you. I saw the stuff today about Joe Tooney uh, possibly going to Miami. Are they really dumb enough to, to trade him in the division? Yes, because if they don't think that they can sign him to a long, long-term extension, I do think that they're going to move him to whichever team is willing to put the best offer in front of him. And if that means the Miami Dolphins, then I think Bill Belichick will listen. Uh, look, mm-hmm. they're not going to publicly come out and say, that they're in a in a rebuilding phase, and they don't have to say. It. I think we oh, know that not. there's some semblance of rebuilding going on here right now. Yeah. But I I really believe Kevin that if they cannot come to a long term agreement with him between now and tomorrow night, yeah, I would not be surprised if he's on the move either tomorrow or Friday. Yeah. Or this weekend. I see. I love the idea of moving him if you get you know good value. I'd just be stunned if he went in the division. But again, I think if the Miami Dolphins, if, if, if let's say the Patriots want to move up, 
mm-hmm. and Miami's interested in, in doing business mm-hmm. and he's a part of the deal, I, I think you have to listen. Look, yeah. when, it, when it comes to value, what could you get for Joe Tooney? I think you can get a second rounder for him. Yeah, that's and right. again, I don't think the Patriots want to trade him. Right. But if Belichick doesn't believe that they can come to terms on a long-term deal that works for the organization and for him, mm-hmm. then they're going to move him. And when, He's a top three guard in the league now. You're talking about a guy that's right. going to command 14 to $17 million a year on this next contract. Yep. So that that's a lot of money for a guard, even though he's a very good player. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if he was on the move. I'll throw this out at you. I would not be surprised if Julian Edelman was moved this weekend. I hope he is. Huh. At this I, point, at I this, would. I don't disagree with you on that. At this point, it's more of an image thing for me offensively. You know, if you, if we are going to rebuild, I say we. If the Patriots are going to rebuild, look, just go straight young. Give me Harry. Give me Myers. You know, give me Stidham. Let them all kind of kind of grow up together. Um, I understand what Edelman could bring is a veteran presence, but is he really going to want to be here? Um, I wrote about this, you know, a few weeks ago. Do we really think he's going to be that, you know, that, that leader that, that Stidham needs? Cause I don't. Well, here's the thing. What are you going to get for him? I mean, no general manager in their right mind is going to offer you anything higher than a fourth round pick at the most. True. You're talking about a guy whose cap number is almost 10 million. Mm-hmm. He's he's entering his mid thirties. He's not a spring chicken. No god. You know, okay, and and as much as he like to let people around here believe that I'm in it for the long haul and I'm a patriot for life, mm-hmm. and maybe the, none of that matters because we all know that privately he's probably pretty frustrated. And if and if he wasn't frustrated before after Brady signed with Tampa Bay, I bet you he's <laughs> pretty damn frustrated now with Gronkowski <laughs> going to Tampa with him. Absolutely. So, I would not be surprised if they moved him. I just – I don't think the offer is going to be there. I would not give up anything more than a fifth-round pick for this guy at this point. And if I'm – and the only way I acquire Julian Edelman is if I'm a team that's contending next year. Right. That's that's in the hunt and can use his – and can use a receiver in that veteran presence. I'm not trading for him if I'm going to suck. No, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. And, and I don't want to necessarily just get rid of him. Because um, if he is bought in, I do think he's a huge asset to Stidham. I just have severe doubts as to whether or not he is going to be bought in to a team that is rebuilding offensively. That's all. Well, and, and that's just it. I, I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is is how much are you willing to to push the envelope, if you will, and, and push your chips towards a rebuild? Right. How, how much are you willing to, to move things in that direction? I think if you trade a Joe Tooney this weekend and you trade a Julian Edelman, the message you're sending to your fan base is we're not, we don't view ourselves as a contender next year. We're not going to be in the Super Bowl mix here. This is going to be a bridge year because remember next off season, they're going to have a ton of money to spend. They're going to have a bunch of contracts come off their books. Mm-hmm. They're pretty well set up. And if you can somehow go into that off season with a hundred million dollars plus in cap space and a top 15 pick, you're pretty well set up to turn this thing around pretty quick. The question is, again, how long does Bill Belichick coach and how long is he willing to go through this process and see it through? My guess is he wants to coach another four or five years because you know he wants to break Shula's record well, so, because he hates Shula's face. So I was just gonna, but, go ahead. 
but but what I was going to say yeah. is, if the pieces aren't there next year, with their schedule, you're potentially looking at a four and twelve, five and eleven team. Absolutely, but you also have to remember too, the new playoff schedule that could sneaky give Bill, you know, a couple more wins here and there, and he might, you know, well that seven seed now you can get in exactly. That's so worst comes to worst. If you're the Crafts, you know, if you can get another play a home game, you know, do they necessarily care about being at that that top tier? of NFL teams for a year or two, or are they okay, you know, pulling it, a Jacobs family and just getting that playoff revenue and that's it? No, it's a, it's a valid point. And again, I think, I think that the, the fan base here w- would understand if they had a bridge year. I don't think Patriot fans would leave in droves if somehow they ended up going 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 next year. Right. But – you can't go five and 11, six and 10 in 2021 huh. because now you are going to start to lose this fan base. Yes. Remember now the Boston sports fan is a very fickle fan. It's a very fickle <laughs> lot around here. And like most cities, they love you when you're winning, mm-hmm. but they may or may not support you when you're on the other side of things. <laughs> so now let me ask you this. How active do you think Bill Belichick is going to be this weekend? Do you see him <clears throat> trading and, trading picks and moving around, trying to move up, trying to move down. How active do you think he's going to be this weekend? I think it's going to be pretty much the norm. Um, not too much, but, you know, a move here or there might make you say, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, I do think the best, not the best play, but um, the most, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, what's probably going to happen, I should say, uh, is he just moves down, I think. Um, that's what he usually does. They don't have a second rounder right now. Um, it just kind of seems like... Yeah, I think I could see him trying to move up into the second round. If he can somehow package what he has in the third and the fourth round to get into the bottom of the second round, I think he's going to try to do it. So I could I could see that too. Uh, I just don't think he's going to necessarily overextend. Um, the only reason I say that too is if you look at kind of how they, they trusted the young kids last year, it was Brady that did. The coaching staff did. So I think Bill was okay with a lot of the young kids. Um, that they well, they didn't trust Harry. Nikhil yeah. Harry, for whatever reason, obviously he got hurt. He got PUP, but they did not trust him. Yeah, I still think they do. Um, I think that was more. Oh, I think they do now, but they didn't trust him last year. Fair. You can tell by how they used him. Fair. Um, I also do think Brady had a lot to do with that too. Oh, absolutely. So, I, I agree wholeheartedly. So in terms of moving around on the draft board, I do think they might be okay with what they have. And just kind of add to the pile and, and kind of see what comes out of it. Um, I just don't think they're really in a huge hurry to to get this huge influx of young talent, even though they do need it. Um, I think that they trust their drafts over the last two years. Uh, and obviously, we still... yeah, I don't know how. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I don't do that. The, 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 I, it's amazing to me that there's still two members of the 2017 draft class on this team, mm-hmm. and they only drafted four players. And Derek Rivers might as well not be on the team because he hasn't done a damn thing. Right. And then you have Dietrich Watt. Right. That's so it. My, my whole thing is just that, again, just for whatever reason to me, um, you might feel differently. It just feels that they don't have, you know, a huge sense of urgency uh, in terms of bringing young players in. Um, well, they're going to have to because – Agree. They're going to have to because you've got a lot of contracts coming off your books next mm-hmm. year. And you're not this draft for Bill Belichick. Contrary to what people around here think and the media thinks, and they could babble about this until they're blue in the face, it's not about the quarterback. This draft is going to be about adding talent at certain positions where you're going to have to replace guys mm-hmm. 
after next year that are currently on the roster. Dante Hightower is off your books after next yep. year. You're probably not going to resign him. You might, but not at the money he's going to want, even though he's going to be 31 years right. old. So with that said, if you could get someone like a Kenneth Murray at 23, you're drafting Kenneth Murray if you get him at 23, hypothetically, and he's the pick. Yep. You're drafting him, not just for this year to step in and replace a Kyle Van Noy, but he's going to be the leader of that linebacking core moving forward. So, so that's just, that's, this is a hugely important draft for Bill Belichick in the direction of this franchise in the next three years. Which also just kind of falls back on you know what we were talking about a few minutes ago, going defense first. Um, more, I think more so for me, it's just for whatever reason, I feel like that that offensive, the offensive weapons they have, the young kids they have, just haven't had a chance to show anything. Um, and I think defensively, you know, if you add talent there, you might be okay. Um, I just don't see them really moving around a lot for offense. Uh, defensively, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think, look, the one thing about Bill Belichick that we all know is he doesn't draft for need. Yeah, sure. he, he, he drafts the best player on the board in that moment. He's all about value. Mm -hmm. He's all about sticking to how he stacked his board mm -hmm. as much as he can. So he's never going to be a guy that's going to say, we think they need a tight end. We think they should draft a Cole Komet or an Adam Trotman or a Harrison yep. Bryant. But there's a good chance that they don't. Right. They probably are pretty comfortable with they have a tight end, which if they are, then shame on them because those three tight ends were an embarrassment last year. <laughs> but if they think they're set at the position, good luck to them. I don't see how they can think that. Agreed. Now I'm going to uh, switch gears here on you. Take out your notebook, sharpen your yep. pencil, get ready to take some notes because I'm going to give you my final – Mark Draft. I'm going to write about this tomorrow on New England Football Journal. You okay, ready? I got you. All right, here we go. So, I have them standing pat at 23. And by the way, I did a bunch of these mock drafts. I did my daily Patriots draft. I didn't end up doing it every yep. day. I did it every other yep. day. But I've probably done about 15 to 20 of these already. And so, this was my last okay. one. This is the one that I'm riding okay. with. Now, I have them standing pat at 23. I think Kenneth Murray is going to be there out of Oklahoma. Okay. And I think they're going to take the three-year starting outside linebacker from Oklahoma. I think he's a great fit. I think he's not only a great fit on the field, I think he's a great fit off the field. Now, I have I made a trade to move back into the second round, the bottom of the second okay. round. And with the pick I got in that trade, pick number 63, I took Cole Komet, the tight end out of Notre yep. Dame. 6'6", 252, love the kid's size. I think he's got a ways to go developmentally, mm -hmm. but I think he'd be a really good fit in this offense. Do you like what I'm telling you Just so the far? first two. I love the idea of the the guys coming out of big schools, uh, you know, playing at big-time games, big-time stages. Uh, I love the idea of both of them. I agree. Now, with pick number 98, I went with another blue blood. Uh, I went with a player from another blue blood program, I okay. should say. Davon Hamilton, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Love this kid. I think he gives you some scheme versatility. He can play head up. He can play on the shade. He's big. He's strong. He can anchor at the point of attack. I think he's a great fit in this Patriots defense. At pick 125, I took a quarterback. Okay. And I took a guy who I really like, and I know they like. Now, I don't know if they'll take him here, but I know that they like him. And that's James Morgan out of Florida International, 6'4", 230. Uh, look, he, he's not a household name, but when you watch the kid yep. play, if you watch the East-West Shrine game, he was impressive. He had a great week of practice. You watch him on film, he pops. 
He's big. He's strong. He's strong in the pocket. He's got plus arm strength. He gives you that that mobility where he can expand the pocket, make plays out mm-hmm. of the pocket. I think he's a really good fit for the Patriots. I could see them taking him in the fourth round. I think that's a sweet spot for him. I got him coming here at 125. Pick 139, Bill Belichick is going to tap into his Nick Saban roots, and he's going to take Anthony Jennings, a hybrid defensive end outside linebacker. He's a three-down guy. Reminds me a little bit of Dante Hightower. Not the athlete that Hightower right. is, but he's he's kind of like that Swiss Army knife type of player that can do some different things. Do you like uh, those last two picks? So what I like about Hamilton uh, is just a little bit of local flair. And, you know, you got to think he might have some familiarity with uh, with Jeff Halfley over at BC now, too. Um, so you can always go pick his brain over at Chestnut Hill if he does get drafted here. Um, in terms of uh, Morgan, you obviously know a little bit more than I do about him. Um, see, I'm a big Jake Fromm guy. Uh, I'd love to see them take him. Um, but if not, uh, is he comparable to Morgan or vice versa? Well, I think Morgan is a more physically talented okay. quarterback. Uh, you know, Jake Fromm, and this isn't a knock on Jake Fromm. He had a lot of talent to work with at Georgia. Mm-hmm. But Jake Fromm has some physical limitations. And I'm not even going to get into the small hands thing <laughs> because who cares about right. that? He's not filming a Paul Mollis commercial, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> He's not going to be a hit. But, he won't be a but, but like there a are hand. physical limitations. There are physical limitations there with him. That's all I'm yep. saying. I, I think when you look at the Patriots, they have a pretty defined. Uh, they have a pretty defined idea of what they want out of that position, mm-hmm. and I think that a guy like James Morgan probably fits their mold a little bit better than a Fromm. Fromm's going to be a popular name, yeah. and, and look, he's a high character kid, a high IQ kid. He's a flat-out winner, and mm-hmm. I think if you if you were to compare the two, you probably give Fromm the intangibles advantage, mm-hmm. and and you may take him over a James Morgan because of that. I'm just not sure the Patriots are, are willing to do that. Not unless they really believe Jared Stidham's the guy. Mm-hmm. I think whoever they take this weekend at that position is going to be a guy that they're going to have there as a as a security blanket of sorts, if you will, if Stidham doesn't work out and isn't the long-term answer. That's not to say, by the way, that they wouldn't take a quarterback next year because they might. So it's funny you say – All right, now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, know I was going to say, um, I'm just going over the list real quick uh, of quarterback names. It'd be a little bit kind of Bill Belichick-ish to take the kid Shea Patterson from Michigan just to go get another Michigan kid and kind of tweak Brady a little bit. Um, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't mind that for entertainment purposes, I, but – <laughs> I, I don't right. Yeah, unfortunately, Belichick doesn't no, no, it that way. Uh, pick one ninety five. Yeah. Pick them one ninety five. I took wide receiver James Proch out of SMU, school's all time leading receiver. Another guy that they've that they've heavily evaluated that they like. They spent some time with him at the Senior Bowl. I think he'd be a great fit in their system. Pick two hundred four. I go local, and this is actually a kid that I coached okay. against when I was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. at King Philip. Kyle Murphy, guard out of URI. He's a versatile kid. He has played all five offensive line positions in his college career at URI. And I think the Patriots love that. They like that versatility. Obviously, again, he's a local kid from Attleboro. I think it's a nice value pick there. I have them taking a kicker. Hey, the so well. pick two, I, I'm well, not a Steven Gostkowski fan by any means. So anyone that replaces him is good in my book. It's not Rodrigo Blankenship, okay. by the way. Everybody's been mocking him. For yep. the Patriots, I don't think it. I don't think yeah. that that's a given. I'm going to go with Tyler Bass, who I think is a better kicker than Blankenship out of Georgia okay. Southern. 
213, I get him another tight end. Charlie Warner out of Georgia really liked this kid. I think he's ideally suited to play the U, the backside tight end position. He's a really good blocker. And finally, at 230, I really tried to resist making this pick, but whatever, it was was my last pick Mm -hmm. in this draft. And I kind of, I tapped into Belichick's roots. I have them taking Malcolm Perry, running back slash wide receiver slash quarterback, whatever the hell you want to call him. <laughs> I love it. You bring him in. He's a really good athlete, could potentially help you in the return game. Why not? So that's my mock draft. I'm going to write about this same mock draft on New England Football Journal tomorrow ahead of the NFL draft kicking off tomorrow yeah. night at 8 o'clock. So. All right, before we wrap it up here, you got anything else? Is there any housekeeping? No, I mean, stone? I think for our first, you know, combined episode, we covered just about everything. Um, yeah, we're not really going to have much to talk about on Sunday yeah, when we do this shit, again. Right? Um, <laughs> no, we will. We'll have plenty uh, to talk yeah, about. Uh, yeah, we're going to have. Feel free to drop an S-bomb, by the way. It's a podcast. Nobody I'll cares. Start next time. Um, especially. Yeah. But, you know, we just want to make sure with the F-bombs. <laughs> I, th- I think if you. If you mix in a, a doo-doo bomb every now yeah, and then, that's should be fine. Good. Uh, but no, again, I like I like the idea of Perry. Um, in my head, it's, you know, if him and Stidham can kind of work something, you know, like a Taysom Hill, Drew Brees kind of thing, obviously that's a long way down the road. But um, yeah, just I, yeah I, I hate to burst your bubble, my friend. I can, I, Bill Belichick, I, I will, I can never see Bill Belichick going down that road. I think it would be no, awesome. If they did that, if they rotated quarterbacks and played a direct snap quarterback, but Tom, look, Bill Belichick is a Tom Landry of this generation. He's a guy who's stuck on yep. his systems, and and I think that he's a guy that believes in playing his quarterback. I don't think he believes in rotating guys. But hey, we're up against it here. So, um, anything else before I'm we wrap good, this man. up? Uh, they can follow you, both of us. Uh, I'm at Kstone06, and uh, do you want to give yours out too? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at UFTBJ. Uh, and again, you can also follow us on uh, other forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram. I don't think we're on no. Snapchat. I mean, no, I, no. I, 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 I'm always skeeved out by Snap. I don't think no, we're yeah. on there, but we're pretty yes, much exactly. on everything else. So uh, we'll have plenty of stuff for the draft uh, starting tomorrow and, you know, hop on board with us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, for uh, Kevin Stone, I'm John Serenitas. We'll uh, join you again on Sunday to break down the NFL draft. We'll talk about how the Patriots did. We'll also get into the uh, MIAA canceling the spring season. I want to get your thoughts on that as well, Kevin. We'll do that on Sunday. For Kevin Stone, I'm John Serenitas. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.